everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. My name is Brock. I'm the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship, and I'm joined by the brains of this operation, licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Brock. How are you? Things are going well in my neck of the woods. Tara just showed me that she didn't plug her microphone in, so we want to apologize <laughs> if the audio on her end Sorry, is, folks. is not up to par. So, uh, so Tara, we are continuing this whole season. We're doing kind of uh, episodes on perspective and thinking about how the other person sees things and trying to gain their understanding and empathy and then kind of making some changes because of that. And so today we get to talk about something very, very fun. We're talking about gender norms, which could be a tough topic in the home, and then specifically looking at chores and working around the house. And so uh, if I'm guessing, I'm thinking that Tara has some thoughts on this, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct, Brock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to look at some gender norms around specifically like domestic behaviors and um, like thinking. And so there's a lot of stereotypes. I think I think that this is actually an area that's somewhat improved and been like there's been some progressive work done here, um, but there's still a lot of area for improvement. And this is an area that I think causes quite a bit of conflict in. Um, that was Tara's phone, everyone, just so you you know. So go ahead. Off, I'm sorry. Um, this is an area that causes quite a bit of conflict in couples a lot of times. And so we thought, why not just, you know, peel the curtain back and see what we see. And, you know, sometimes things have to get a little messy before they get better. And so we want to encourage in this just to, you know, be okay with being uncomfortable and try to sit in non-judgment and observe this as we kind of go through this. And then as you sit with your own stuff, um, so then you and your partner can have really good conversation um, around it. Yeah, because I think there's, I mean, when you look at kind of gender norms, there's like uh, even like personality traits we talked about sometimes about how men are supposed to act, how women are supposed to act, of course, domestic behaviors. And even as you and I talked about too, sometimes in, even still in the workforce and occupations uh, and kind of like, I know there's a lot of pressure on uh, women to, to dress up more, makeup, hair, all that kind of stuff. And as a person, Without hair, uh, I don't quite understand all that, but there's even uh, gender norms and expectations about physical appearance. Um, and so I think in a typical home, if, I, if I'm not incorrect here, that like if we were to kind of go back to almost like a 1950s or even a, a hunter-gatherer time of, time of life, it's like the man goes out and works, you know, he goes and hunts the bacon and he comes home and the wife is supposed to cook and clean and just take care of the whole home and make sure and the guy just kind of, then kind of bring that to modern the guy sits back on the couch and watches football is that a would that be a typical kind of norm about the gender roles at home is or am I way off on that no I think so but I mean you know and that's the point of this is every household is different but yeah like some of those things are so deeply ingrained in a in our thinking and our behaviors that um, sometimes to like, let's say 
a wife doesn't like the way things are going and wants things to be different or wants things to, you know, feel more egalitarian, there might be a lot of, there might be some guilt or some shame or even like, you know, what's, you know, what's going on that I'm not okay with this. And like, you know, my friends are. And so just to even kind of push back or feel like you have a different idea sometimes around it, I think can stir up some of those outliers. Um, so no, you're correct, but I think it's just very, um, each couple is going to have such a different, I think, story and approach here. Yeah. And so like, if it feels like if you don't buy into those norms, then there can be some shame or guilt, like I should be, or this is the role that I'm supposed to play. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's funny how in my life, I've surrounded myself consistently with very strong women. My wife's a very strong person. My co-host on the Mindful Marriage podcast is a very strong uh, female. And my sister, uh, who listens to this podcast, so shout out to my sister. Uh, at least she says she does. She may not actually listen. But my sister's a doctor. And I remember one time, it's probably last Thanksgiving, not this current one that we just celebrated not too long ago. But I, there was something where somebody said something and she goes, and my sister says, oh yeah, that's my job because I have female anatomy. And so it's like, so, okay, so that's why you've assigned this to me because I'm a female. And so she was like, not very happy that that had been assigned to her. But I think sometimes we kind of get in those ruts or those ideas that, hey, here's a female, they should be doing this. Here's a male, they're what, there's, here's what they should be doing. But we're kind of saying that um, maybe that is, it's time to evaluate that in time to see if that is really true or not. Now, are we living in that? And is that causing some problems in our marriage? Would that be an accurate kind of summarization of where we're trying to go? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think even if like, if this is a new area for you to even like consider, um, you know, I think just having some like, if any area feels like if there's a, an area where you feel uncomfortable, maybe bringing it up to your partner or, you know, you feel <clears throat> guilty or shame um, around a specific area or not so qualified to do it, but you feel like it's your job to do it or, you know, the role that you feel like you play and the responsibilities and chores and duties that you have, if those things make you feel small, I think those are kind of some good attention grabbers to be like, hey, maybe I need to do something, like I need to at least look at this and see what's going on. And then maybe there needs to be some conversation around it. Maybe there needs to be some changed like roles or behaviors possibly, but even sometimes just a conversation is enough to, I don't know, like, I mean, you let the cat out of the bag, but like you're, you're being vulnerable. Hopefully you're spouse or partner is receiving that um, and y'all can do something with it and start the process. Yeah. And so like, uh, I have a friend, uh, it's, it's weird how I have a lot of therapist friends, but I have a therapist, that friend of mine that says, if there's emotional energy around something, when you start to talk about it, it might be something to examine. And so like for, you know, like I remember one time there was a, a gentleman that wanted to help out uh, with uh, uh, some ministry stuff. This was a long time ago. And I remember talking to him about kind of things. And he said, hey, one of the things I really want to teach men is never show vulnerability to your wife. If you don't have, all, here's all these men. Yeah. yeah. So he said, hey, if you don't know how to change the air filters 
on your uh, units, your air conditioning units, heating units at home, uh, don't ever tell your wife you don't know how to do that because that's going to emasculate you. He said, you go on YouTube, you talk to a friend, you know, that's what men's ministry should be about us helping each other learn how to do that. Cause that's just a, a way to ruin a marriage. And I remember thinking at the time, didn't have enough wherewithal to combat that, but thought that just doesn't sound right. Um, and I know there's been some guilt in my marriage because my wife is a very engineering type brain type of thinker and I am not. And so like, for example, like when we uh, ever buy something from Ikea, uh, you know, it's like when I start to look at the diagram, there's emotional energy. I get overwhelmed <laughs> looking at that diagram and she looks at it as like, oh, this will be fun. And so at first I was like, no, no, you're not going to do this. This is a man's job. Don't you dare touch this uh, $70 chest of drawers. I'm going to put this together. And I'd get mad and I'd take forever. And she would do it and have fun and enjoy it. And so like there was a lot of energy thinking that I was failing as a man because I wasn't putting a chest of drawers together from Ikea, but then realized that, man, I'm playing into my wife's strengths that she likes to do this. It's fun for her. There's other things that maybe she doesn't like to do that I like to do. And so we don't have to get stuck in these necessarily uh, male, female society defined roles. We can be um, serving each other what best works for our, our family. And I think that's kind of, that was, I remember the, the Ikea furniture was just always a sore spot for me. Cause I'd say, don't you dare do this. You're emasculating me. If she tried to put the thing together and that uh, looking back, I'm a little, I have some shame about that, Tara. So we'll work on that later. Okay. Thank you. So, um, so why, if we're looking at this, like, um, why do you think this is so important for us to examine this uh, when it comes to our, really, why is this, why is this needed? Why, you know, like some philosophy, I guess, why this is so important for us to examine this perspective piece? Well, I think kind of just piggybacking off what we both just shared. I think a lot of times when these things occur, and especially go um, unnoticed or unresolved, you know, it can make one or both parties feel all kinds of things. And then therefore, if you feel a certain way, it's gonna, you know, it's going to shape the way y'all interact and how you think about yourself and the other person and those behaviors, you know, and it can, it can reinforce some of these, <clears throat> these messages that we've got, um, that we've received from like, whether it be like our society or the church or our family of origin. And again, we feel like maybe we're doing something wrong or we're, you know, why are we pushing back when I think, I think that's a good thing. Anytime, if we follow anything blindly and we don't know why we're doing it, I think that can be, um, very paralyzing and harmful in a lot of different ways, but if we don't do this, I think it can make people feel devalued. I think it can like, it can create or exacerbate already their shame mm -hmm. um, and or guilt. Um, it just, it limits people and then it limits marriages, I think. And so if, you know, our goal is to help people have these healthy, happy, holy marriages, then, you know, something, a topic like this might seem, you know, not important to a lot of people or like, you know, just put your head down and like grind it out. Well, yeah, sometimes we need to do that, but sometimes we also need to like really examine like what's at the root of, you know, these constant conflicts we seem to have, or, you know, why do I go to bed feeling, you know, 
feeling small and frustrated or why do I go to bed feeling like, you know, I just worked my tail off, didn't even enjoy any of it. And my spouse is snoring next to me and doesn't know anything about that. Therefore, that shows right there, there's, there's a lack of vulnerability and communication, you know? And so I think if we want to have marriages that model all of these things, this is, this area is just as important as, you know, something as like, like sexual intimacy, you know, anything, I mean, it's just, it's a foundational, in my opinion, thing that should be examined if there is any tension, conflict, emotional energy around it. Yeah. Cause it's like, like you said, like we don't want, you know, to be look like if, if, if you don't examine this and have conversations, frustration levels might increase and therefore the idea of uh, being intimate or being feeling valued by this other person is diminished. Uh, well, over into all those areas. Yeah. yeah. And then you feel some sh- shame is enhanced where you feel like maybe I should be doing this. And so therefore it kind of causes some problems. Um, you know, and I, and I think too, ultimately, if, you know, from, from the Christian perspective that um, the idea that one person just sits back and gets served is not Christian entitlement and getting what I want at the sake of another human being is, is actually an anti-Christian message mm-hmm. But the Christian message is what can I do um, to maybe go out of my way? If I, if I'm the one over serving, then that's Christianity. It's not, is this, you know, it's like, how am I, um, being a servant and serving my spouse is really the issue. And so like realizing that maybe they are very frustrated and I'm sitting back and snoring and, oh my gosh, I might need to evaluate that because maybe I'm not behaving or loving them in a way that would really be modeling Christ and, and meaningful to them at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And I think if we look at Jesus and how he showed up on earth and how he, you know, how he behaved, his actual behaviors, you know, he would not probably line up with these norms and stereotypes that we other humans have constructed along the way. You know, I think if, and we're not, we didn't get into this today and we're not going to, but even like the, we talked about when we were kind of setting up this podcast, like, you know, different occupations, and there's still very much gender roles, uh, or um, occupational um, gender roles that happen, you know, a lot, like, primarily females being teachers, or things like that, and so, but, like, Jesus was very much, I mean, a superstar servant, he was a teacher, he was compassionate, he was nurturing, he was gentle um, at times, you know, those things really, if we're looking at stereotypes would align more with like the female side of things. And so if we look at that as our model, rather than these passed down rules and expectations and assumptions, I think we'd be living in a very different world. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful point because it's like, here's these, stereotypes but if we really want to go back and see what it means to be a man or, or, or a follower of christ um 
you know, one of one of my favorite biblical concepts is this, it's the Latin idea of Imago Dei, that we're created in the image of God, male and female are created in the image of God. And if you look at Jesus, there was very much, um, you know, all kind of the rounding of humanity. And so just to say, hey, just be one side of this, be stern or be soft, it's just that he was all of those things. And so we're not called to just pick one aspect of Jesus, we're called to model his his life. And, and then one of my favorite verses in the nurturing, Jesus talked about God like a mother hen holding his chicks underneath his wings, you know? And so it's like, there's this idea that like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know where that just came from. Like at the probably, there was probably roles about hunting and someone being at home and someone working all day and someone taking care of the house. That's probably where it all uh, came from. But like now it seems like most homes are really, both people are working, both people are busy. And so like, there's no need to just land in that role anymore. Let's go back and evaluate what's best for our family. Cause I know, you know, for me, I grew up where my mom did all the domestic work and my, in my wife's family of origin, it was kind of a shared responsibility. And so that was a big area uh, for us to work through. And so, you know, we just had to, and there, so I kind of expected that out of our relationship. And I know you grew up in a home like that too, where, mm-hmm. and I think my wife was really frustrated at the beginning of our relationship. Cause I was just expecting her to fall into that role. And so we kind of had to, work together to come up with what what is best for us. Um, and I think that that really kind of came through for me when we took a financial course together, because my family, or at least me, I should say, tends to want to save money and then just spend on big things. And Alicia's family is a little bit more like, hey, that's live life. That's don't just be so stifled that we can't enjoy life. And so when it came to finances, we were both on different pages, but we took this course and realized that probably together, saving and living life is probably the best way to live life. And so I think that's kind of how we view our families of origin and how we see things. When we get married, we're coming together and saying, hey, here's what's good and bad about how maybe I thought about things. And here's what's good and needs to be tweaked about you, how you thought of things. And let's bring it together and form this new family, this new way of doing things. And if it fits a gender norm, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's great too. It's like what works best for your family and how you're wired. And if you have an engineer brain or you don't have an engineer brain, that seems to be kind of, I think what we're saying is probably a better way to look at, at coming together as a family than just saying, hey, here's the norms, fall into those, live, be frustrated, feel shame, move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we just really want to encourage everyone to like give yourselves permission to make your own rules and do what works for your family. And if that doesn't look like your neighbors or your best friends, that's okay. You know, like if it's working, it's working. And if it's not examining that, you know, but like we don't live in the fifties and we, times have changed. And, you know, research shows that like, at least around here, most families, both, both partners are working and contributing. And so if that's happening, but you're still trying to, you know, adhere to these standards or these stereotypical roles, so it's not going to work because then one person is like, let's say a, a wife in this example, if, if she's working anywhere from 30 to 45 hours a week, but she's expected to also take care of the home and the children, there's a, that's very disproportionate. And even if she enjoys doing those things, I think still having those conversations and like, you know, pitching in and making it like that, the back and forth um, 
contributions. And we know we've said this before, like things are not gonna be equal 50-50. But if we're, again, trying to be empathetic and compromise and do what works and serve each other, there's going to be, um, I think, less push and pull and just more serving through a compassionate lens, hopefully, you know? I agree. So um, I know we've had to work through this with, with our family, but you're, you're, the, you're the brains again behind the operation. And so how would we go about having a conversation um, in, in an ideal setting? How would, how would we approach this with our, our partner, with our spouse and say, let's talk about this. If I am feeling like devalued or shamed or like things aren't the way I want them to be, how can we do this in a way this is not just gonna cause some big blow up massive fight uh, how, what would your advice be to us on that? So I think um, we kind of came up with this very short, I don't want to call it a list, but just kind of a, a three-point prong to follow. Um, so if, if, we I made this, if, if we made this into a graph, uh, could we call it a, a Terra graph? We could not. Okay. All right. Sorry. Just, just wanted call to call it a graph. You're okay. welcome. All right. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so first identifying, then examining, and then evaluating. And so I think what, you know, and that might look different, obviously, um, depending on the context, but, you know, first, if, if you're the one who's, let's say, frustrated or feeling devalued, whatever that is that's going on, you know, you first have to even identify that you feel that way. And if sometimes people know like something's off, but I don't, you know, I don't know necessarily like what or why, we might need to slow down and take some space to like figure that out, chew on that and kind of go from there. And so before you just, you know, you go and just verbally vomit on your spouse, then maybe just taking that time um, on your own to kind of get your head straight and figure out kind of what's going on and then going to them and then talking about it, I think is helpful. And so, you know, once you've identified like, hey, I'm feeling, you know, I feel, I feel devalued um, because X, Y, Z, if it's something, you know, once you figure that out, sometimes that's enough for people to feel okay and just keep going. But if it's something where you need to go and actually communicate it, or you feel like there's some like, it's a, it's a bigger deal, it's got deeper roots, that's when I think go talk to your spouse and you know, following some of the stuff we've talked about in the past around just communication, but making sure, you know, you're not blaming, you're, you're watching the way you say stuff, how you say stuff, when you say stuff, all of, you know, all the good old communication stuff in there, but sharing it with them, um, knowing that it may not get resolved right then, because they're going to be playing catch up to what you've just shared. So they may need some time. Um, or maybe y'all would both be ready to go straight into a conversation and that's okay. And then you can kind of evaluate it and see if things need to be tweaked. Um, but I think just, you know, to share those kinds of things, a lot of times can feel super vulnerable. And if your partner or spouse isn't safe, it, you're going to have some hesitation there and that's a whole nother beast. But if, you know, let's go with the argument that they are, then telling them how you feel and why and if you've already maybe you have some ideas of what would work or um what you would like to see changed or at least i don't want to feel 
X way anymore or do X thing anymore. Um, you know, putting that out there and then y'all having some back and forth dialogue on kind of figuring that out. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we see this happen and like people, it, it, it doesn't always go super well, but it can. And, but like a lot of times people are like, well, I wish you would have told me that before because I actually don't mind doing that thing. Like I had a conversation like this years ago with my husband about laundry and the way like I would let things pile up um, cause I don't like hanging things up and just that whole thing. And so like, if somebody doesn't mind something and they actually would maybe even prefer to do it. So there's space on the floor or there's clean clothes, whatever it is, you know, then it can be like, oh man, I wish I had like said this years ago. And so don't assume, you know, how it's going to go or be received or what they're going to say, because it could actually, I mean, and that's the goal is to come up with a solution that works um even if that's something that like your parents didn't do before or everybody in your circle does it very differently that's okay like again we're trying to make our homes our homes exactly our homes our homes so whatever that means for them to be healthy and functioning and loving i think you know No, it's, make it make it yours like yeah, whatever that looks like whatever that means strength, for y'all playing to, um, playing to the things we enjoy doing and so really what you're saying is like first we need to identify maybe some areas where we're feeling shameful feeling upset examine those a little bit and see like why do we feel that way because it might be something we just need to say you know i'm just being a little selfish here or whatever and then ultimately mm-hmm. kind of then have a conversation and i would say if you're the person that's receiving the conversation a lot of times it's easy just to rebut at that moment and say, you know, uh, you don't quite understand or you don't know what I do, but I would say it would be a great thing to kind of say, thank you, if you can, just to kind of get that wherewithal to say, man, and go back and evaluate that yourself and say, hey, is there some truth to what they're saying? And then kind of come back and have Mm -hmm. that conversation and say, you know, um, I probably, it is frustrating for me because I know we had that same fight in our house about laundry because it would pile up and I would make the passive aggressive comment like, oh, where are my jeans? Oh, they're in my second drawer in the dryer. And that didn't go over very well. And so ultimately we kind of landed where we just each did our own laundry. And that way, if my laundry is sitting in the second drawer, the dryer, it's completely my fault. And so just kind of evaluating and kind of learning to navigate what your family is going to look like. And so some families, one person might do all the laundry and some families, there might be split responsibilities, but it's your family And just to be able to say, hey, am I feeling devalued? Am I feeling shame? Am I feeling all these things? And be able to examine that for yourself, identify it, examine, and then evaluate with your spouse is kind of really what we're after. And saying there's not necessarily uh, a right or wrong way. It's your family uh, and go from that. And so that's a a helpful Tara graph that you've just given us there. So. All right. (laughs) So I got this weird thing that my internet connection was stable. So that might be unstable. So that might be the end of our podcast for today. Yeah, it's weird. So anyway, so Tara, thank you. Yeah, your voice is cracking up. I'm going to end it. Thank you for being here, everyone. And good luck with those gender roles. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.